welcome to episode 210 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fans Weekly Podcast of Many Topics. I'm Mike Solosi, and uh, this week's topic is going to require a little bit of explanation, but before that happens, let's introduce the rest of the panel. Joining me today is Peter Treisenberg. You must gather your party before venturing forth. Kyle Seeley. Uh, it's dangerous to go alone take this. Sure, and Greg Delmage. There ain't no party like a Final Fantasy party. All right, uh, agreed in all three counts. But uh, what we're going to do today is something a little unusual. Uh, we're in the middle of um, football season at the end of baseball season in American sports, and one great tradition of American sports is uh, fantasy sports. Now, I can't speak for the three of you, but uh, I did fantasy sports, mostly football, for about, oh, like 12 or 13 years of my life until I realized that it was just making me angry every week, and so I stopped doing it about uh, a year or two years ago. Uh, but it's an, a weird tradition unlike any other where um, groups of people sort of emulate the idea of being a sports team owner and, uh, and use statistics and, uh, and, and game results to sort of uh, have head-to-head matches against each other based on the results of sporting events. Like uh, when I did fantasy football for many years, we would draft players from various NFL teams and then we would be scored on their performance week to week. The nuances and the culture surrounding fantasy sports would take entire podcast episodes to explain, so I don't want to go deep into that. But uh, for a few years now, we've had this offhand idea of adapting uh, fantasy sports into Final Fantasy fantasy sports. (laughs) It was uh, something that we had on our sort of Google Doc ideas board for quite a while, but we're finally adapting in October of 2019. So... Uh, and we're going to stick to Final Fantasy mostly, and I'll explain a few real rules later. But uh, before we go into that, I want each of you to briefly explain or go into uh, your Final Fantasy fandom and, if any, your uh, attachment to fantasy sports. Uh, starting with you, Peter. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I don't really, I don't really have any attachment to fantasy sports. It's not really something I, uh, I paid attention to. But probably no, for the best. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, I hear it's D and D for jocks, but um, oh yeah, uh, not. Uh, but Final Fantasy, some I've been into, like you know, for many years since I was since I was a kid, and uh, uh, to this day, I've been you know keeping up. As frustrating as it can be sometimes, it's still one of my favorite gaming series. Um, yeah, I, I've been on Final Fantasy episodes of this podcast with you, so I know at least that's too to a, true to a degree. Uh, Kyle, your turn. What's your what do you what do you like about Final Fantasy, and what do you like, if anything, about fantasy sports? Well, uh, Final Fantasy just I can't even describe it really fully. Just Square has always been so artistic with their games, like especially on the Super Nintendo when you had a lot of games that just were bare bones uh you still had them like really trying with their stories and i feel like that's just kind of carried over into the modern age keeps me coming back uh as for fantasy sports no experience uh D experience so hopefully that will uh transfer over there oh it will not but Aww. uh but uh greg let's hear your background how like what do you like about final fantasy and what do you like if anything about fantasy sports uh, well, with Final Fantasy, yeah, I've been in it for years as well, ever since my friends introduced me back in Final Fantasy VI, and then I went back through the whole series, and kind of like what Kyle was saying, it, it captures fantasy and wonder so beautifully in each of its own 
microcosms each game, except for the few random expansions we get or sequels within worlds. But yeah, it's always just such a wonderful new thing to come into and they do it so well. As for fantasy sports, uh, I did do a brief stint for, I think it was five or six years straight with uh, some friends from back in Ontario who were much more fanatical about hockey than I am, but they Mm -hmm. just wanted more bodies in their pool. So I joined in. Someone always drafted for me. And then I just did my best (laughs) to kind of pay attention to who was injured, who was doing all well for points, do one obligatory trade with another friend just to be silly and see how it all worked out. It was kind of fun, but it just became too much to keep up with. The only drafting I focus on now is every summer my friends do a summer blockbuster draft oh, as yeah. to which films are going to gross the best. Right. And, uh, it's um, more in my niche. Yeah, uh, that makes That's sense. I, I have heard of um, of box office drafts before. Uh, usually that's daily or weekly fantasy. I know that another podcast I listen to uh, advertises that a little bit. But I'm, a little, I'm almost a little disappointed that that was your fantasy hockey experience, Greg, because I think that drafting is more fun than the maintenance of it. Um, <laughs> that's fair and it sounds fun I just I don't I, I never kept up enough to know so I just kind of had to put it in the hands of someone else like pick good cl- char- characters <laughs> mm-hmm. good players for me and the only rule was no Toronto Maple Leafs not my rule that was the league rule oh yeah because if they were all Ontario people then they would probably all fight over Maple Leafs a little bit right or no none of them they were all into Ottawa Senators fans so oh okay like well, Leafs, never, never so that was the only rule no one is allowed to have Leafs because everyone hates them oh okay so basically the opposite of my uh, exactly. sub- of, of, of my supposition you would think that yeah but we had no, it was the opposite huge rivalry we, we had no such rules in our group we had a, a diverse group of fans but I would always draft too many Baltimore Ravens and that would typically bite me in the butt uh, I only I won my fantasy league once ever in about 13 years of playing um but uh, this is similar to you. I've been a Final Fantasy fan for many years. My first RPG was Final Fantasy IV, but at the time I thought it was Final Fantasy II. And I've been playing fantasy football since I was in high school, uh, but I stopped a couple years ago. But uh, as Greg alluded to, you can apply fantasy sports logic and rules to a variety of games, including and the very first uh, fantasy sports league was the Rotisserie Baseball League done by a few journalist friends in New York in the early 80s. So fantasy sports is uh, is yeah fantasy sports is older than Final Fantasy, but only by a year or two. So today we are going to apply fantasy sports rules and logic to Final Fantasy, and unlike fantasy sports, we are not going to have weeks and weeks of head-to-head competition going forward in the, over the next few months. <laughs> We're only going to um, take part in what I think is the most fun part of a fantasy sports league, and that is the draft. So we are each going to draft Final Fantasy teams based on our own preferences, but using rules like a fantasy sports league draft. And at the end, we'll each have a, a team of Final Fantasy characters, and we'll just compare them by, side by side and sort of marvel at what our crazy idea has resulted in. Uh, but I, I need to go into a few rules first, because, uh, I, I, again, like I, when we play stupid games in this podcast, we have to have stupid rules attached. Um, we are filling eight positions in this draft. That is uh, one main character, three side characters, one generic job or class for, let's say, a generic character that you recruit along the way, one summon that's sort of shared by your whole team, and one, fl- uh, one villain and one flex. So I, I did some explaining to each of you for how uh, fantasy drafts and snake draft order works, but I want to go into these. I want to go into these uh, individual positions a little bit, um, and if you have any questions, please ask. Please interrupt. Uh, main character is any main character of a numbered Final Fantasy game, which I determined is going to be either Furion, Cecil, Bart's Terra, Cloud Squall, Zane, Ramza, Titus, Yuna, Sarah Vaughn, Lightning, or Noctis. 
if you want to get weird and include some Final Fantasy Legend or Final Fantasy Mystic Quest characters, I will, I will not argue. Side characters is any playable character in a numbered Final Fantasy game that is not one of those mains. Uh, villain characters can be any monster or major villain from a Final Fantasy game that is not part of the main party. You can uh, assume that they make like a baby face turn in wrestling parlance <laughs> and, and join your team if maybe intermittently. So sure, you can pick, I don't know, Sephiroth or Golbez or whomever for your villain and, and they'll be like a special guest character. And uh, for your for the generic job position, uh, again, assume you're assume you're recruiting a, a blank character and they're equipped with that job. But uh, when we draft jobs, sort of tell me what game they're coming from. Like if you say Black Mage, say oh Black Mage, but I sort of mean the Final Fantasy Tactics Black Mage, like some side explanation like that. Um, and for if you draft a character that's a summoner, like uh, like Ridia or Yuna or Garnet, uh, assume that. They have most of their summons available to them, like, like uh, but not every single summon, because like we're drafting individual summons for our team to share. So like if you draft Ridia, but someone else drafts Bahamut, assume they get Bahamut and Ridia doesn't. Um, and then the last position is Flex, and Flex is when you're allowed to break the rules a little bit. Uh, flex can be a second main character, or a fourth side character, or a second villain character, or any character from a square or square annex rpg <laughs> so if you want to get a little weird and draft some characters out of kingdom hearts or dragon quest uh or oh i don't know chrono trigger then uh that is what the flex position is for and uh like any fantasy draft you can draft your characters in any order but you're limited to your roster spots but we're not trying to draft the most powerful teams or the most uh effective teams or for head-to-head -head competitions. We're just sort of drafting based on our own preferences, but we are competing over these characters because, you know, once Yuna gets picked, no one else gets to pick Yuna. Once Cloud gets picked, no one gets uh, gets to pick Cloud. Once someone drafts Final Fantasy Tactics Black Mage, nobody can draft any Black Mage. So that is how it is going to go forward. I, I, again, I've explained a lot of rules in a row, and maybe this is a little complicated, especially if you're not familiar with fantasy drafts. So do we have any questions or clarification? No, I think I think I get the gist of it. Ditto. Yeah, I'm good. All right. So do we know what the draft order is going to be? Uh, does, it, does anyone want to go first or last or in particular? I, I'm fine with order of introduction unless anyone... So it goes Peter... No, you, Peter, Kyle, me? Sure, that works fine. Okay. Okay, so I think we're about ready to start, if everyone understands. Uh, we're going to have the draft order, as Greg said a second ago, me, then Peter, then Kyle, then Greg, and then we'll, have, uh, then we'll go in reverse order and then repeat until each of us has our eight characters slash summons. And if, right. I, if I think someone is, is breaking a rule or uh, is repeating something, I will let you know. I'm, gonna keep, I'm keeping pretty detailed records here. But uh, and again, I say I say rules. Uh, we're gonna we're allowed to stretch the rules a little bit as to what constitutes a side character or a villain. So uh, don't overthink that. But do try to keep a record of what other people draft because I mean, we'll probably get in each other's way a little bit. Right. Um. Oh, and uh, one other thing: if you're interested in uh oh in Final Fantasy V characters, uh, assume that they have a, at least a couple jobs t available to them. But um, because, again, like Final Fantasy V characters are pretty much blank slates except for their uh, job selection. And if we're drafting jobs, then what jobs do they get? Basically, they can't get jobs that are drafted by other people, but they, they get a couple, let's say. All right. 
let's get into it. Uh, round one, pick one. It's my turn, which uh, puts me in a bit of a not precarious, but a, but a bit of a position. I have to set the tone here, and there's not an obvious number one overall pick like a Ladanian Tomlinson, let's say, for uh, fans of the NFL ten years ago. <laughs> um, I am going to draft in one of my side character positions. Orin from Final Fantasy X. Mm. Uh, because I like that he can reduce enemy stats, and he is one of the coolest mofos in series history. And I just, I just want him along for the ride. For sure, it's a pretty solid choice, and you got some really rad swords to uh, to gander at as well in his yes. collection. Yes, I, I I remember my mind being blown in the uh, around the Final Fantasy VII range where you could sort of see the the weapons equipped on the character in battle more easily. And uh, Orin has a bunch of big cool swords, and and I I can't lie, I like big cool swords a lot. How do you, you know, feel about uh, his drinking problem, though? Will that be a problem there, Coach? Are you kidding? He 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 dr- he drinks out of his flask and spits on his sword to reduce enemy stats. I'm I'm I'll I'll, I'll help him with his alcohol budget. He basically spits, he basically spits fire. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Peter, your pick number two. I, 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 I'm apologize if I hustle this along a little bit, but we have uh, 32 picks to make. <laughs> so I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be here for three and a half hours. So, uh, Peter, no you get pick, pick number two for you. All right. I'm gonna pick my hero, mm-hmm. um, and I want Noctis on my team. Noctis from FF15. Very nice. So. Yep. Is it just because he has a bunch of flying, flippy, dippy uh, abilities? Yeah, I think I, I, I think Nantes' power set is really cool. He can teleport. He's got. He can summon weapons. He has death magic. He has all sorts of stuff. Um, plus, I just think he'd be. You know, I think he'd be. He's kind of a. He's supposed to be a king, so maybe he'd be a level-headed party leader. Right on. Okay. Um, most of my Noctis experience is from Tekken Seven because because I have the because I have the season pass for uh, the season one pass from that game and haven't played FF Fifteen. <laughs> but uh, I, I enjoyed watching Noctis in many trailers, at least. That is still one of my favorite crossover DLCs ever. <laughs> I mean, that first year of Tekken Seven crossover DLC was Akuma, Geese, and Noctis, and Noctis is the one I was least excited for, and I still think all three of them rule. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Kyle, you have pick number three in round one. Where are you, how are you going? I'm going to go ahead and jump on the villain and get jacked. Uh, jacked from couple reasons 10 Okay, uh, he stole yeah. it from me. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Yes, our first bit of draft salt. Please let it flow. <laughs> drama. So basically, he is a one of my mains in Dissidia Opera Omnia because he's just so powerful and his. His attitude is just in your face, but he's like, I don't know. He just kind of has this uh, soft side under that gruff manliness. And, you know, I can't lie. I, when I thought Fantasy League, Blitzball popped into my head. So Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he has some Blitzball moves, in, at least in his uh, Dissidia move set. Uh, but he, like he can he can definitely dunk on you a little bit. Um, if I were drafting my Dissidia characters onto this team, they would be Warrior of Light, who's not really available, Onion Knight, who's also not available, and Blank, because I don't want to give away one of my future picks. <laughs> <laughs> so Greg so will it, be a Dissidia member. 
Uh, that well, I mean, it would have to be because I'm mean, if I'm drafting a main character, it'll <laughs> they'll be a member of the Dissidia roster oh, fair, almost yeah. by default. But uh, Greg, you are at the end of round one and beginning of round two, so you get two picks in a row. Uh, that so, sounds delightfully fun. So go ahead with your first. Well, uh, thankfully, my main character wasn't drafted yet. Uh, I for sure had a list of backups thinking uh, he was going to go right away, but I went with Ramza Beowulf. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've always loved Ramza as a character, his growth throughout the game. Uh, he seems, his, his moral views seem very in line with mine, so he seems like someone who could uh, I could adventure with and lead a team with together kind of thing and trust to take control when need be. And he's got a really great support moveset, so can't go wrong with that either. Yeah, his, um, oh, I forget what it was called in the remake, but his scream ability is, you can break a couple battles doing that if you abuse it. <laughs> is that the, the speed up one? Is that shout? No, uh, no, no, no. Shout increases your speed, uh, can increase your the speed of you or a party member. Scream increases his brave attack and speed. Right. But it only, and it, it, but it only targets Ramza. Yeah, and it makes him a monster. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to have that on my team. And uh, yeah, he's just a pretty stand-up dude. Uh, for my second draft pick, I'm going to go with uh, my villain or monster. My villain choice wasn't taken, thankfully. Uh, for comedic relief, I decided to bring on Altros. Uh, <laughs> All right. To my team. Some you seafood need that- soup. <laughs> you just need that fun-loving... You know, person that you can just all take a crack at and who can, you know, laugh along with you mostly, but also uh, can get you out of a jam in a real pinch by uh, inking everybody and just, you know, we got a jet. And also, uh, if Ultros teaches us one thing in Final Fantasy VI, it's that he's very persistent. Exactly. Perseverance is key, and uh, I like having that on my team. I think you fight him four times, and then you can also fight him a fifth time in the Coliseum if you want, if my memory serves. That sounds right, actually. Or maybe it's just Chupon in the Coliseum. It's been too long since I've done Coliseum grinding in FF6. Okay, so, uh, Greg, you picked Ramza as your main and Ultros as your villain for end of round one, beginning of round two. So, Kyle, it's time for your round two selection. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, who I believe is a side character, since you control him briefly. Uh, Cypher from Final Fantasy VIII. Hmm. All right, all right, pause. Yeah. I think Cypher is a villain and not a side character. That's you, fair. You only control him briefly as a guest. And uh, I, I think in the overall scope of the game, you would call him a villain and not a companion. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to veto you here. Uh, Cypher is a villain and not a side character. Yeah, pick, it, pick something else. Oh, boy. Uh... This, is, this is what I was talking about, me being yeah. annoying with rules. Uh, how do we feel about uh, Alize from uh, Final Fantasy XIV? She definitely counts. Um, she is a very important NPC and is with you for uh, large portions of the game. So uh, even though you don't really control her, I, Alize and most of the other Scions and uh, is definitely a side character. So uh, is, are you going to lock it in, Alize? Yeah, I'm going to go with her. She uh, provides right. much-needed sass to the team. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, early on in ff14 i was pretty annoyed by alphano uh when he was uh when he was just basically acting like a big jerk and uh and very full of himself like in between realm reborn and heavensward and then he started to get a little better in heavensward 
But then when they introduce Alizé as his sassy twin sister, like smacking some sense into him, I, I liked them both a lot better. Uh, Alizé is a great, is one of the great uh, NPCs in that game. Uh, Peter, now it's your turn. You've picked Noctis as your main and have seven roster spots available. So where, how are you going? Hmm, let's see. I'm also going to go for a 14 character. Oh, um, my. Character. I thought I thought... I- I thought I was going to be the only FF14 drafter here. I need to. I might need to get aggressive. <laughs> I really want um, Thancred on my team. All right, Thancred. I, I like him a lot. I've only played a little bit of 14, um, but um, he's. Um, I'm, I'm. I started in Old Oz, so I've been seeing a lot of him, and um, right. mm-hmm. uh, I like. I like him. I think he's got a fun personality. He's a. Uh, Knows, seems to know what's going on. He's got um. I know in by the time Shadowbringers rolls around, he gets a gunblade, um. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thancred's moves have changed a lot over the years. Uh, in old Realm Reborn, he was uh, fighting with gladiator weapons, but then uh, in one of the patches in 2013, they added the rogue class and the ninja and the ninja job, and Thancred switched to using rogue weapons. And because that happens in the story at level 50, uh, Thancred goes, oh, if you want to use weapons like me, you should uh, visit the, the guild in Limsa Lamensa. And I'm like, bro, I already have a, a rogue at level 30. <laughs> because I, cause I, I started playing that in uh, 2016, several years after that happened. But and then he switches to, uh, a gun, to gunbreaker weapons and gunblades in uh, Shadowbringers, which has a lot of characters changing jobs and changing roles a little bit. So it, uh, Thancred's had a, an exciting, and his, I don't want to go into the story stuff that happens with him, because that is definitely big spoiler territory. But small spoiler, Thancred's always awesome. Yeah, I'll get there eventually, but for now, yeah, definitely, definitely warmed up to him. All right, now, let's see, it's my turn, and I have two picks in a row, just like Greg did a few minutes ago. I'm not sure where to go from here. Um, All right, I am going to draft first, I'm going to, as a summon, I am drafting Bahamut. Well, okay, that's a coup. And, uh, <laughs> the question is, which one? <laughs> the thing is, now, um, I th- uh, basically all of them. Like now that Bahamut's gone, you can't say, "Well, I'll draft Bahamut Zero, and I'll or I'll draft Neo Bahamut." Where that, that's that's, ah. that, that's that's not allowed. Um, Dang it! But I, I'm gonna uh, say this is. Let's say this is like Final Fantasy X Bahamut, so it's it's very powerful. Can use uh can have non-elemental or uh, some multi-elemental attacks and and sticks around for more than one attack. But plus the FF10 Bahamut just looks really good. And yeah, this is a little a this one. is a little weird. I'm not, I I went for FF10 things for my first two picks, and I'm uh, and 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 FF10 really isn't one of my favorites. But if it, I, I like FF10 a lot, but it's not like a top three or four one for me. But I, I think that Bahamut is just by far uh, Final Fantasy's coolest summon and one of its defining sort of visual elements. So I, I wanted to go for Bahamut. And uh, for my second position, I am going to draft my main character just so someone doesn't steal him uh, with their flex position or Kyle's main character position. And I'm going to draft Zidane. Mm, solid choice. Um, yeah, but choice. He, he's my uh, Dissidia main in both uh, Doe, Decam, and Original. And uh, I like that he's extremely agile, has a bunch of cool daggers and sort of... Uh, stuck together Darth Maul blades <laughs> and uh, and also um, having him on the team means I have a good thief on the team so and you always want to be able to steal stuff it definitely helps in like every game once you learn how to abuse that yeah once if you know that 
the game's bosses have good weapons. Like, uh, I don't know, it's a little bit different in, say, uh, Final Fantasy IV, where other than, like, Pink Tails, you won't get great return from stealing from bosses. But in FF9, uh, almost every major encounter has one or two good items to steal. So stealing is really important in games where they they allow some extra balancing towards thieves. So uh, I, I wanted a thief on the team, and I think the best thief in FF history is Zidane. And he's a really good, fun main character to boot. So that's my main character. Um, Peter, you have now one pick, and you've only drafted a main and one side. So what's next? Okay, so I'm going to draft my uh, job um, for this oh, one. Right. Um, in this pick, I really want the Arcanist from Final Fantasy XIV. Um, <laughs> okay, Peter, I'm going to slow you down right now. Uh, do you know how the Final Fantasy XIV job system works after level 30? Not really. Okay, um, the jo- jobs you get at level 1, or the classes you get at level 1, transform into jobs at level 30. And the, right. jo- the level 30 jobs get all the abilities of that level 1 class, plus they add some new stuff. So the, mm-hmm. Arcan- the Arcanist is unusual in that at level 30, it turns into Summoner and Scholar. With Scholar being the healing version that summons a fairy, and a Summoner being the offense version that summons like a mini summon. So... If you draft the Arcanist, you're sort of leaving Scholar and Summoner on the table. Do you want to draft one of those two, Sol- Scholar or Summoner, and uh, and have that sort of also count as Arcanist? I might, yeah, okay, I might go for Scholar in that case. Okay, um, that, um, what? Okay, what is the fourteen class that uses the cards? I might be thinking that. Wrong. Oh, okay, Arcanist is the level one class that uses summons. The card one is Astrologian. Astrologian, that's what I meant. Okay, no, that, that, that's cool. So you're drafting FF14 Astrologian. Yeah, and, and I'm sorry, new, total noob to 14. So that's <laughs> no, it's fine, fine it's fine. And, <laughs> but, I, I totally feel that. Uh, Astrologian's really cool, though, because it can be... Um, uh, it is a healer class, but uh, by it, it draws cards for semi-random bonuses, and you can mm-hmm. do uh, nocturnal spells to give bonus shields with all, with several of your attacks, or uh, di- or diurnal skill uh, b- passives to give extra healing to some of your attacks, and uh, they can they can summon meteors and and like starry offensive skills at at a limited rate. Um, Astrologian's really really powerful, and especially towards the end of Stormblood, they were the they were probably the best healing class in the game yeah for sure so aside from just having a good healer on the team um i mean everyone who knows me like knows i'm like a big Yu-Gi-Oh stan so um any card based class in any game i'm like okay i'm interested definitely yeah definitely was was gunning for that guy on my team okay so peter how you have your generic astrologian it's a some kind of player character or generic character uh that's Mm -hmm. along for the ride um kyle what is your third pick going to be uh, let's go ahead and say Gao from Final Fantasy VI. All right. I feel like the guy doesn't get enough love, and we're talking about someone who, if you have the right rages, can cast Bolt two before other people. So I think that he's a good wild card there. Yeah, he's Ga- a strong contender for sure. Gao is really powerful. Um, That stray cat rage that you can get like at the very beginning of the game it deals 16 times the normal damage of a regular attack. And, uh, and, and he can get advanced spells way before you can learn them from materia his stats are way, are really above average in almost every category and him and mog are the only characters that can use the snow muffler which is the best armor in the game guy was awesome it was almost a contender on my list too but for uh, side characters 
Um, but no, Gao's really powerful, and he requires a little bit more effort than uh, than other characters because you know you have to prepare rages a little bit. But if you just get a couple of them, even if it's just uh, like Rhinox and Stray Cat at the beginning of the game, he is really really awesome. Rhinox is the one that'll give you like life one and uh, and bolt two. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right, uh, I, I, I just span Marshall a lot. I, I would so mostly. I would mostly die. focus on Stray Cat, and then I would read like uh, Jibriel's Rage Guide and and find out the best ones to get for the end game. <laughs> but uh, Gao's a really good choice. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, Greg, you get two in a row again at, for um, end of the third round, beginning of the fourth round. So what are those going to be? Uh, I'm going to dive into my side characters before some people get snatched up. I feel like I need a good uh, caretaker on the team who's going to heal us up beautifully and none do that better in my mind than Aerith Gainsborough. Okay. Aerith from FF7. Or Aerith, however you prefer to say it, purists or not. I've loved, been attracted to that character for ages, not simply just design-wise and whatnot. Like, she's just a really delightful person on the team, brings such a vibrant personality and um, like a cool, calm collectedness and happy-go-luckiness to like every approach to every situation in so many ways so it's just nice having that healer who's going to be cool under pressure and just be on top of things for you and get some really powerful healing spells she's your really your best magic user overall for as long as you get to control also her. true yeah be, uh but the thing is i don't know I, I would always get weird about using materia in ff7 i was worried about mp so i wouldn't use magic spells as often as i should have maybe I feel like that's a thing, like, I feel like in my youth, I was the same way. I'd have mm-hmm. to save up because it's like, I'm not going to be able to afford either. And I need to, you know, hang on to my spells when I realize I'm like, I, I'll probably have a save point somewhere. I can just throw a tent on them. It'll be fine. Like, I can, like, I've gotten in my old yeah. age much smarter about it. Yeah, <laughs> me, me, me too. Like, um, uh, not, like, uh, hoarding items and hoarding MP is a mistake of my RPG youth and not now. Now, <laughs> now, exactly. now it's like, now it's like, if, I, if my magic, if my MP is above 30%, then I'm doing something wrong. Well, exactly. Um, so you have a second pick right now, Greg. Uh, who's that going to be? Uh, what do I want to dive into? I'm going to dive into job classes. I don't All know right. if anyone's going to pick this one because I know it's uh, not a very popular class, I feel. But uh, from tactics, uh, I always really liked the Lancer. Okay, so Lancer slash Dragoon is... Yeah, off, uh, is, is, is off the board for everyone now. But, but you're uh, specifically thinking about the tactics version. Mostly it's because one I know the most about. I know it's a job class I can jump into going into Dragoon in uh, FF14. I just don't know enough about it in the end game, but I feel like it's a very uh, viable tank, so I know it's going to be solid. But in Tactics is the one I'm the most familiar with. Dragoon's not a tank in 14. Oh, is it not? No, it's, oh, me- no. it's, it's melee DPS. But it's, very, right. it, but it's very, very strong melee DPS. I, uh, I have... I have Dragoon at 60, and it's it's really, really fun. <laughs> I'm excited to dive back in and get to experience it more. But at least in Tactics, I like the fact that it has a bit of reach. I like, um, especially if you get their speed up and such, Like the jump ability is actually pretty neat and gives you a lot of flexibility in some of the levels that have um, different heights and such. It can give you a lot of command. And the fact that they can just jump over anything is kind of fun to break into like fortress and stuff and start picking people off a lot faster. I thought that was really neat. And their design is just really rad. Right on. So that was your first pick of the fourth round, Lancer slash Dragoon, as well as Aerith from FF7 or Aerith. Uh, I mean, we, this is not an argument we need to have. Uh, the official language is always portraying her as Aerith. She's really only Aerith in the North American localization of FF7 and maybe also FF Tactics. But 
Right. Uh, but because, I mean, we're overwhelmingly, uh, with apologies to Alana, Max, and a few others, we're overwhelmingly a North American website staff. <laughs> so uh, a lot of us are probably going to call her Eris by default. Although I think she is. Is she Aerith in the remake? I can't remember now. She's Aerith in the remake. Okay, there we go. Uh, but Kyle, it is your turn now in our Final Fantasy Fantasy Draft. Uh, you've drafted two side characters and one villain. So what's going to be position number four for you? Uh, let's go ahead and get Summon out of the way. Uh, right. Because that's kind of a hard one. Uh, I want to go with more variety, so I don't like crossing over into the same game twice. But I'm going to say Shiva. The Shiva. Final Fantasy XIV variant uh, is my preferred. It just she has that great theme song when you fight. Oh my! <laughs> it's like half sort of a a more normal feeling battle song, and then it goes into this really awesome J Rock bit in the second half after after she casts Diamond Dust the first time. Uh, and, and and I want to avoid FF14 spoilers a little bit, but there's a lot of story stuff around Shiva and FF14, and it is so cool. Oh man. That is another reason that that was my preference for me. And again, this nullifies now Shiva for all versions. Yeah, that's true. So even uh, so, no one can draft Shiva, any version of Shiva. And uh, let's say someone drafts Yuna or Rydia or something, uh, they won't get Shiva either. <laughs> this is a, this is a lot to think about, and ultimately will not matter because this is going to be a podcast that lasts I don't know ninety minutes at most. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, Shiva's off the table because Kyle just drafted her as his summon. Um, so Peter, it's your turn to draft roster spot number four. All right, um, I'm going to be flexing a main character from another series. Oh, um, I, I think I know what this is, but please go ahead. Ayabrad. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh wow! Um, Unexpected. Okay, Peter. <laughs> Peter, do you, do you think? Can you guess who I thought you were going to draft just now? <laughs> I, th- I, th- I was thinking either Sora or Riku. Uh, yeah. Okay, one of those two. But so you drafted Aya Brea from Parasite Eve, which is super interesting. So, um, so let's talk about Aya a little bit, man. What thought went into this decision? Um, I, she, I, I love Parasite Eve. She's one of my favorite part. She's one of my favorite aspects of that whole series. Especially in the first game, she's kind of just like a take no shit, uh, you know, New York police officer who gets superpowers essentially. She gets the mitochondria powers. And um, oh, you mean the powerhouse of the cell? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the the North American education system has not failed you. I see. I can recite the whole quadratic equation. <laughs> but how do I balance a checkbook? Um, What's a mortgage? <laughs> yeah for real but, for real uh, though i think that Amer- the american education system should drop one year of math just to teach kids uh personal finance and and or or life skills or something because i didn't know what a mortgage was until i was literally looking to buy a house oh no i 100 percent agree um so job but, class calculator hmm, interesting you already drafted uh lancer greg you have to now you have to use your flex on calculator <laughs> i'm interested <laughs> all right but, but yes uh, yeah sorry but yeah back to aya so what's up peter for real, no, I was just saying, I, I think she's an awesome character, um, especially in the first game. Aside from just having a cool set of powers, um, she also has um, access to you know, firearms. Um, so sometimes it just, like, you need, we need a little extra security on our team, and uh, that will come in the form of Aya and a big gun. <laughs> what did her powers manifest as? I'm not super familiar with Parasite Eve myself. Um, she can heal herself. They, they basically can be, like, magic powers, like, um, like fire and... Uh, 
electricity type things. You can augment bullets um, in the game. That's oh, yeah, kind of crafting system. For it's most fun. for most everything else in Parasite Eve, the mitochondria uh, stuff basically grotesquely mutates the host and, and it makes them very powerful, but they'll, you know, they might take on a zombie like appearance or grow tentacles um, or get uh, powerful psychic powers. But for Aya, she, she still looks fully human or at least mostly she get maybe a little bit less human as the game goes on, but it, it, it basically manifests as arcane and psychic powers. So, okay. Aya Brea is Peter's pick for a flex. Now it's my turn. Um, I don't think anyone's going for the flex that I'm thinking of, so I'll save that one for later. But definitely people could be going after the job or the villain that I'm thinking of. But no, two people have already drafted jobs. See, now I'm in, I'm in late stage, stage uh, draft thinking already. <laughs> so how should I go? You've done this before. Maybe. Hmm. You know... One thing right now, I have Oron, who's a heavy hitter, and I have Zidane, who's agile, an agile thief, but I do need some magic on my team. So I think I'm going to draft someone that can heal and cast and fight a little bit. I'm going to draft Celeste from Final Fantasy VI as a side character. Nice. All right. There we go. Uh, she so. learns she learns some magic by herself, and she can equip the heaviest armor and weapons in the game, which is a little weird, which is also true of Terra, but Terra counts as a main character in our rules. Uh, but I, I really like Celeste. She undergoes a pretty intense, cool character arc. She's briefly the main character of Final Fantasy VI, and I, I've always liked her as a design. Like I, I sort of think Terra and Celeste are like almost character, main characters 1A and 1B in FF6, and I like them both a lot. But, That's fair. Uh, yeah, but but decided not to draft Terra this time. So I'm going to draft Celeste as in sort of an all-purpose magic user. And uh, I get two in a row because we're at the end of round four, beginning of round five right now. So what should I go for my next pick? Hmm. So, yeah, I'm thinking of either drafting my villain or my, si- or my final side character right now because I don't think anyone's going to go for my flex. And... Uh, for generic job, I'm not sure. There's a couple generic jobs I would really like. So even if Kyle picks something I want, I I, I won't feel bad about going for my, for a second choice. You know, I I I, I drafted Celeste as sort of all-purpose uh, magic, but I think I want to go for some more pure magic offense. I'm going to draft Rydia from Final Fantasy IV. Oh, dang it! I like Rydia a lot. Uh, she was my favorite character basically from the very beginning because I liked how she was like a scared little girl that sort of got tough and then ages 10 years into a beautiful super mage <laughs> and learns all the best uh, black magic and a lot of summon magic. Uh, she has a solid arc, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's a, she has a solid arc, and she's a really good black mage slash summoner, and I've always really, really liked her. So uh, I, I knew when I was going to... I wanted to draft a summoner because I think that summons are, like, one of the coolest parts of Final Fantasy. I mean, I mean, I, yep. I, I made sure that there was a summon draft position <laughs> in this little game we're playing right now. So, yeah, I, I, I really like Rydia. Um, and uh, I'm out of side characters now, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with what I have. So, uh, Peter, it's your turn again. And so far you've drafted a main character, a, a job, a flex, and one side character. So uh, we're, we're past the halfway point. But um, how is round five going to go for you, Peter? I think I'm going to do my other side character, and I'm going to go with Lulu from Final Fantasy X. Lulu from FF10. All right. I need like I pretty much because like you mentioned, I need a little more magic on my team. Lulu is the party black mage. Um, 
So, and she has like a pretty cool, she has a pretty versatile um, elemental power set. Um, mostly, and mostly too, I just like her design. She's kind of like the goth girl of the Final Fantasy X party. She's got like a, her weapons are an array of um, magical dolls and other stuffed animals. <laughs> that are um, adorable. Yeah, for sure. And I also feel like um, in her, her interactions with Noctis would be really amusing because they're both kind of like, emo children <laughs> so <laughs> I, i'm i'm more interested okay, to see, themselves i'm more interested to see how uh thancred will re- like relentlessly hit on her that that would also be a, something to behold for sure yeah. i will be keep everything in line you know what i always thought was interesting about lulu um she's she's a really good like quietly uh a good tank for everything except for big offense because yuna has better magic power and uh, and her speed, I think, is average or a little bit below average. But she's she has really high evade and is just a magic tank. It's it's really interesting. Um, I seem to remember her yeah being super dodgy now. That I'm, yeah, with with Lulu, uh, I, I would always teach her advanced black magic to Yuna, mm-hmm. and then make Lulu more of a like support character that could also attack elemental weaknesses. So Peter picks Lulu. You still have one side character slot left, but now it's Kyle's turn. How are you going to go? Uh, I'm not sure if this would be job, class, or side character, but I'm assuming job. All right. Uh, let's say black belt slash master from the original Final Fantasy. Sure, I am that's... going to. I am going to call that monk. Monk, okay. Because um, uh, uh, that's basically the uh, FF1 black belt is basically monk, so this will lock out all other monks from Final Fantasy. But uh, interesting choice, making it the FF1 monk. Um, uh, what's the reasoning behind that? Well, I play a lot of FF1, you know, every two or three years. I'm like, okay, I have to replay this. And uh, as a kid, I never, ever liked that class. Uh, It just seemed really weak. As a adult, I looked into the uh, mechanics behind the character, and it turns out it is, like, so overpowered. A monk can be stronger than a fighter. I mean, he's more effective, or she, uh, more effective without gear equipped, basically. Yeah, I think like the best move is to equip them with a a, a bracelet slash ring, and then maybe nothing else. Uh, I be- think you start out. You need to give them stuff at first, but then there's like a turning point where it becomes no longer relevant y- to equip yes. them anymore. Their, their unarmed damage is determined by their level and then and by their strength stat. And so after a certain point, uh, at the very beginning of the game, giving them nunchaku or something is a good idea. But after a certain point, their unarmed damage will just out damage every other attack in the game um yeah and and if you're if you're a maniac and level up your ff1 characters to 50 60 70 99 then the monk will just deal unthinkable damage i I think they nerfed it a little bit in the more recent remakes but uh og ff1 monk is a monster if you put some time into them but uh, but monks are powerful in a lot of different final fantasy games uh, the FF14 monk is uh, is super jumpy, but really really uh, fun. Uh, monks in Final Fantasy Tactics are insane. <laughs> yeah, they were a contender for me for sure for that. Uh, yeah, and uh, in FF5, like I, I make everyone max out monk because it has the highest strength and vitality bonus for the end game, and just like throwing unarmed damage onto even a black mage or something is just insane. Like uh, monk is good in a lot of Final Fantasy games, and but in FF1, it's a bit of an extreme, but uh, but but really fun there too. Interesting choice, Kyle. Yeah, I just uh, I like the fact that that's one of those hidden mechanics that you know nowadays you'd have a tutorial with three pages explaining it. Back then, I mean, you didn't know; you just figured it out or not. Right on. So, 
Monk is your draft choice for a job. Now, that means all three of you, everyone besides me has picked a job now, so I have almost my free pick of the litter. Get a job, Mike. That's the plan. Next, Okay, I'll guarantee it. Next round, I will get a job. But, uh, Greg, <laughs> you already have a job, but you still have two side characters, one summon, and one flex position open. And, uh, again, yeah. uh, you and I are the bookend positions, so you get to draft two in a row. Uh, how are those two going to go? I think I'm still safe in my flex as well. I don't think anyone's going to go for it. And even then, I'm in the position where I'm pretty happy if someone takes my top choice for whatever bizarre reason, I can happily fall back on my second or third row. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to go back to side characters because those are the ones where we still have some pretty uh, high request people there. My summon, again, is a pretty obscure one, so I don't know if anyone's going to go for that. So I think I'm going to go back up to sides and go with uh, Sabin Figaro. Yeah. Is Figaro's last name, or is it just Sabin? It's uh, Sabin Roni. No, sorry, Sabin Rene Figaro. Yeah, and then right. and his twin brother is Edgar Roni Figaro. Yes, there we go. So they're both Figaro's. I just can't remember if he disowned his name because he left or whatnot. At any rate, Sabin is, uh, again, another stand-up character I think will venture well with Ramza and Aerith. I like that, Peter, you threw that in the mix, how the characters will work together. Mm -hmm. And it's something that's definitely worth considering. Like, I definitely think Ramza and Aerith would get on well and Sabin, again, his sense of justice. Uh, I love his combo system. Just as a, as a person playing the game, I liked his combos and how those all jived out and can definitely be really game-breaking in a lot of ways. And the flexibility of him as a magic user, although right now he doesn't have access to uh, Shiva to learn those skills, I'm pretty sure there's another summon in there <laughs> that he can learn from. He has that whole flexibility ability of learning pretty much any spell. So... Uh, Seven is a really great choice to have on there. Plus, he can suplex a train. So, my uh, favorite thing to do with Sabin in FF6 is uh, give him the merit award item, so he can equip really powerful swords that would normally be restricted to like uh, Terra Celeste Edgar, because he has, I think, the highest strength and something like second or third highest uh, agility in the game. He's and uh, the merit award le lets you equip any weapon and armor. So, basically. Sabin is an amazing physical character who's kind of limited by his equipment choices. So yeah. giving him a merit award turns him into a real powerhouse. He, he's he's one of my favorite that characters. He's like you can destroy anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's Final Fantasy VI is a pretty breakable game, but uh, but Sabin is great out of the box. Even if you don't understand how to use the uh, Esper stat bonus system, like I definitely didn't know how to do how to use as a child. <laughs> well, exactly. And then moving into adulthood and figuring out all how these things can be yeah manipulated uh oh, yeah. it gets kind of nuts i didn't really learn how to break a game until uh, i started getting deep into final fantasy tactics i think but uh greg sabin is only pick number one out of two for you this round so mm -hmm. how uh, how what is your second choice going to be no worries and yeah he fulfills my monk quota too for that's true yeah yeah kyle monk. stole monk from all of us so now you decided to get your your favorite monk i guess Basically, that was the, the reasoning. Someone who could punch stuff in the face. Uh, I'll just to keep some side characters open for a bit of drama, because who knows. Uh, I'm going to jump down to my summon and get that out of the way. I went with Adramalech the Roth from Final Fantasy XII. Uh, I enjoyed Final Fantasy XII summons, kind of the same reason that you took, um, or how you were looking at the FF-10 uh, yeah, Exactly, the FF-10 version of Bahamut. Yeah, so the fact that they kind of stick around, they have more utility than just come in, blast something, and leave. Uh, although the uh, drama lech in Final Fantasy Tactics Advance looks really neat. Uh, but I like that it's, yeah, it's in there, it does attacks, it has a heavy curing spell in case your uh, party starts running low on health. And then it's the replacement for um, 
blah, 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 Rama and gets Judgment Bolt and just comes blasting down and everybody. And it's a really rad design. Uh, I do remember that fight being terrible to try and get it because it's an optional Esper in 12. And that fight was awful. Yeah. But once a, a you lot succeed, of, a lot of it's espers. a worthwhile thing. Yeah, the Espers in 12 are interesting because they... they... Uh, I, th- I think in the remake they give you more opportunities to summon them, but uh, but if you do the optional side quests to collect most of them, they're very powerful and fun to use. And uh, the FF12 version of Adramalek is is much cooler than the FF Tactics version of Adramalek. Um, yeah, that th- that's the the Dysodarg boss fight. Not, it's not one of my favorite boss fights. Yeah, also true. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, which I I do like that a lot of these things got their origins in Tactics, but yeah, I like how the that world is the Ivalis world is expanded and how they stuck with that mythos all the way through right on so uh kyle it's your turn again um you have one main character one side character and one flex position open so what is your move going to be okay uh i don't recall has anyone done anything with white mages yet no one has drafted a white mage um unless you count eris uh or or i i picked celeste but she's not really a white mage so so yeah white mage class is available and basically all of the white mage side characters are available could I do Firion, but with healing spells? Um, you can draft Firion, and then you can assume to use the FF2 system to give Firion almost anything you want. Yeah, that uh, I, I noticed, like, Cannon, he's usually got swords and stuff, Maria's bow wielder or whatever. So last time I played 2, I just kind of reversed it. I made Firion my healer, and I uh, gave her swords. Sure, so, uh, yeah. So, so you just you, have to fight with everybody else in your party? <laughs> yeah, like, are you are you going to have Alizé and Gao just beat the hell out of Furion to increase his HP? Well, yeah, of course. Um, awesome. So are you going to lock it in, Furion, as the main character? Yeah, I'm going to go with that. All right. I apologize if, listeners, you're hearing me type this into a spreadsheet. So uh, let's talk about Furion a little bit more. Um, it, it, like, uh, this is a little bit sad. I definitely have more experience with Furion in Dissidia than FF2 because I only played FF2 once and decided I was done with it. <laughs> but uh, I get that too. Yeah, but, uh, but in Dissidia, uh, yeah, but in Dissidia they sort of play on the idea that Furion can equip anything and be anything by having him use like eight different weapons or something, and they just and they have him say Wild Rose and about half of his lines of dialogue. Uh, but. Like, what's your perception of Furion as a main character in FF2? Because uh, FF2, even though it's not my favorite Final Fantasy game mechanically, it goes some interesting p- uh, places drama-wise. Uh, what what drew you to Furion in this case, Kyle? Well, my first thought was I need a healer, but I need someone who's going to mesh personality-wise with the rest of them. And I don't know, I just kind of felt like uh, when I played, I mean, it was a super Famicom game, so I mean it was still early enough you could kind of impose your own idea of who this character is. Uh, I got this attitude of like, he's a rebel, he wants revenge, but he's also good at heart, so that's... He just seemed to kind of fit into that role. He is a good main uh, hero kind of character. I mean, when I think of FF2 characters, I think of all the ones that die because people just keep dying in Final Fantasy 2. They, <laughs> it, it's it's like half of them are are Tella from FF4. And, but but you're going to build him mostly as a healer and not as an offensive powerhouse because you think that Gao and Alize already have plenty of offense already. Yeah, I mean, yes, they can do some healing, but, I mean, it's going to cut into their DPS if they're wasting time with Cure and raging healing monsters, so... I, I think that Alizé and Gao will have no problem at all focusing on DPS. 
All right. Uh, so, Peter, it's your turn. You still have a side character, a villain, and a summon to draft. So, what is yeah, your I, choice I going to be? I did two of them already. I did Thancred and uh, Lulu. Yeah, yeah. So, you have one side character left. Wait, we have three? Yeah, you get three side characters. All right. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to do my summon, and I want Ifrit. All right. Specifically the 15 version, I guess, but um, Ifrit in general is just my favorite summon in the whole series. I think I like the whole fire demon aesthetic. I think it's pretty pretty awesome looking. Um, I'm a big fan of 15's version because it's got this like cool Paradise Lost thing in the lore. How he was like... Um, he used to be one of the, he's one of the astrals, but he like turned against his brethren and like, uh, went and waged a war against them. Um, so that, and then he shows up at the end of the game. He's got this like very human Luciferian design. Um, mm-hmm. I also thought it was annoying that, um, you don't really get to summon him until the episode Arden DLC. Even oh, really? He's, he's, he's not like a main game summon? No, he's, um, he's the second to last boss in the main game. What? Um, not anymore. Yeah, no, he yeah, he's a he's a villain. He's an antagonistic character in fifteen. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, but, he, but you, you mentioned Arden. He's like sort of Arden's summon kind of. Yeah, Arden Arden has a pact with um with him because right. um their goals are aligned. They want to bring about the end of, oh, of the Astral. You just made me five percent more interested in playing Final Fantasy fifteen. It really is one of the coolest parts of the game is the lore surrounding Ifrit. And I wish they expanded on it a little more. But um, they do get into it a bit in his DLC, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, no. So yeah, Ifrit, um, I've always like adored that character. And yeah, that's, I think that'll be the version I go with. All right. Very interesting. So um, all of our summons are chosen. So if any of us want another summon, you're going to have to use a flex slot on them. And three people still have not drafted their flexes yet. But I think I will change that right now. Um I promised Greg I would get a dro- I would get a job this round, so I'm <laughs> going to do that right now. Uh, I'm definitely going to draft Samurai. All right. I'm not sure which version of Samurai I want to draft because I like Final Fantasy XIV Samurai a lot, and I also and I are, 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 unusually I already have a Samurai on my team with Oren. So yeah, I don't think I'm going to do a physical offense Samurai. I'm, this is going to be the Final Fantasy Tactics Samurai. Okay, explain. I, I, I don't remember. I've only played Tactics once, and that was for the podcast a few years back. <laughs> yeah, that would have been in the summer of 2015. Uh, I wasn't on those episodes because I figured I already had talked enough about Final Fantasy Tactics in my whole life. Right. <laughs> so, Greg, what do you think about a Final Fantasy Tactics revisited episode somewhere down the line? Uh, I will be on that episode uh, anytime you need it. I will divorce my family. No, I'm kidding. Okay, that, that, not, <laughs> not, nec- on it. not necessary, but the thought is appreciated. Um, anyway, um, final. Th- I, I like samurai stuff in general, which is why I technically drafted two of them, I guess. But uh, Final Fantasy Tactics samurai are special to me because I, I almost never ne- ever want samurai as a main job, but it's maybe my favorite skill set in the game. Uh, it's so neat. It, um, samurai are mages in Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, they, they use special moves that, like, affect uh, two squares all around them. So, like, like they're basically area of effect attacks. And uh, they either deal a lot of magic damage or give – or there's one that is that has magic healing and then two that give you, like, physical bonuses. Like, I think, I think one of them is uh, 
is Shell and Safe, and the other one is Haste and Region. So they're really powerful support and damage melee mages, basically. <laughs> so, uh, but, but Samurai themselves only have average magic stats, but if you give Samurai skills to someone like Ramza or, uh, or Melia Duel or a Black Mage or a Summoner, then it's extremely powerful. And uh, they also don't uh, focus on faith stats at all. So they're uh, so you can have like a low faith Ramza that doesn't take any magic damage, but also deals a lot of samurai damage. Um, I, I get Ramza samurai is my, samurai samurai mage is my favorite way to build Ramza. Um, nice. So so yeah, um, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics samurai are basically melee mages with good support and great offense. And that's why I'm going to draft them instead of a Final Fantasy XIV super damage samurai or a Final Fantasy V money throwing samurai <laughs> as my job. Oh, and plus they get uh, they have um, they have blade grasp, like the best reaction skill in the whole game. Yeah, it, where it essentially just dodges any melee attack, right? Yeah, it gives no, it gives you a ninety percent chance to dodge or uh, a percent chance equal to your brave to dodge any melee and several physical ranged attacks. Not not every physical attack, but most of them. And it, and if you're a smart person, then you'll build up your brave to at least ninety. So that'll give your blade grasp evade rate up to ninety, or whatever it's your brave. Bananas. I, th- I think uh, the way you can max brave uh, outside of battle is around ninety six or ninety seven. So yeah, ninety seven percent chance to dodge any to dodge most physical attacks is pretty good. So yeah, I'm drafting samurai as my job for nice. my first pick, and I have one more, and I can go villain or flex. And um, I'm going to go villain, and this character that I want to pick is um, a little bit similar to Celeste because they're good at they have some magic and a lot of and a lot of offense, and uh, their villain status is a little debatable. Um, this is similar to Cipher Kyle, where this character is definitely a villain for part of the game, but you do control her briefly. So uh, I'm not sure if you can predict where I'm going with this, but I'm going to pick Beatrix from Final Fantasy IX. Oh, Excellent. Nice. Oh, I was going to say that was maybe Uh You fight Beatrix. Adia would be a similar position here. Yeah, like a villain for a lot of the game. Definitely a guest character and not a main character or side character. But uh, yeah, Beatrix has a lot of powerful sword moves, a little bit of uh, white magic, and is just super awesome in general. Uh, you fight her, I think, three or four times in Final Fantasy IX. Uh, either all in the first disc or maybe maybe one time in disc two. But she is a really scary, really cool villain, and then once she uh, once she decides to sort of side with the main character instead of uh, instead of hunt you down like a like a hunter, <laughs> she's uh, she's a really cool ally, uh, and and I always really really liked her. Uh, so I I wasn't sure whether to make her a side character or a villain character, but when I when we made that call with Cipher to because he's not really permanent and he's a villain for a large portion of the game, I decided that Beatrix is probably more uh, makes more sense as, as a villain than a side character here. So I decided to save her for late in the late in the draft. But uh yeah, Beatrix is my nice. villain. Um She was one of my options, but uh yeah. Yeah, so so you thought about her but it but went in a different direction. That's that's true for several of the characters and jobs that you guys you guys drafted. I thought about drafting Final Fantasy 14 Monk instead of Samurai, but uh Kyle Cut me, cut under me by drafting Monk a little earlier, or drafting FF1 Monk, Monk a little earlier, and uh, but that was mostly because Monk is my main in FF14. It's it's one of the uh, three jobs I have at level seventy. But You're making me feel the guilt. Eh, you know, um, not that 
guilty because there's a there was a couple jobs I was thinking about, but you just you just uh, made you just removed one option. <laughs> uh, and for anyone curious, my my three FF14 mains are warrior, monk, and uh, white mage. But I, I mostly play through the main story as a monk because uh, because queue times for monks in dungeons are awful. It, just DPS queues in general are just nightmares. But okay, enough enough uh, FF14 minutia discussion. Peter, you have two positions left, one side character and one villain character. So which of those are you going to draft right now? I think I'm going to draft my villain. Um, and I've been saving this one because, like like you guys, I felt like I was a pretty safe bet with this one. Um, but um, I'm going to pick uh, Caius from Final Fantasy XIII 2. Okay, uh, that that person was nowhere on my radar, like not even on the list. I don't even I don't even know how to spell that. How do you spell Caius? C A I U S. Okay, so so it would be like the Roman Caius. Okay, so uh, so what drew you to Caius? He's honest, honestly one of my favorite villains in the whole series, and given how lukewarm the thirteen games were received, I think that's kind of saying something that he manages to stand out so well. He's, um. A, he's voiced by Liam O'Brien, which helps because Liam O'Brien is awesome. <laughs> um, two, he, he's a character who's motivated by um, uh, grief, largely. He's trying to um, – his whole storyline is that he's got this ward um, who is cursed to die and be reborn over and over and over again. And it's basically driven him insane. Like he's watched this girl he loves die so many times and he just wants it to stop. And so his mission is to literally kill time. Like okay, I I was sympathizing with him right until that last bit. <laughs> yeah. So his whole that's that. So basically, at that point, he's like he's going to kill Etro, the goddess of death in the thirteen universe that also governs the flow of time, and basically bring time to a stop so that he can let uh, Yule, his ward, uh, live freely. Um, and he has a great little um, uh, rapport slash rivalry with Noel, who's the protagonist, one of the protagonists of Thirteen Two. Mm-hmm. But um, aside from all that, Caius is also has a pretty cool power set. Um, he has he's immortal. He has um, uh, a, a, a p- the heart of chaos or whatever this artifact in his chest that keeps him going. And he can also use that to transform into a dark version of 13's Bahamut. Not quite a summon, but more of a like a morph, basically. Like the you know dark Bahamut from FF10, or there's there's a lot of uh, Final Fantasy games with evil summons here and there. Yeah. So in general, he's just one of the coolest characters in in the 13 games. I've always been pretty partial to him, so uh, he's gonna be my villain pick for this one. All right, thank you, Peter. Now, Peter, you and I only have one position left, but Kyle and Greg have some choices to make still. Uh, Kyle, you have one side character and one flex remaining, so what is your choice going to be this time? Well, I'm going to say I'm not the hugest fan of this character in the games, but I, I just I feel like Allie needs uh, someone who would understand her. Like, she's in a boys' club with all of this. <laughs> so right. let's go with Param, because she also has a bumbling male twin that she has to keep in line. I think they get along and kind of understand each other. <laughs> so Porum from Final Fantasy IV. Uh, yeah. And, and, that gives you, and that gives you some more white magic to, um, to so you, between her and Fury, and you're definitely never going to die in this game. 
you know, I didn't plan it that way, but I was just thinking I need something to balance out, and she just happens to be a healer. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they should get some like, sweet new equipment in the more recent remakes of Final Fantasy IV. And she's playable again in the more recent versions of FF4. But yeah, Palom and Porum, like, like they almost seem like a sideshow at first, but then they really hit you with a uh, slightly heart-wrenching moment <laughs> in, the, in the plot around near FF4's midpoint. But yeah, interesting. I would, I would, I would never have guessed uh, one of the twins going in this draft, but I, I really didn't know yeah. what to expect in general. That's definitely out of a field one that I wouldn't even have seen coming. That's either. not even the that's not even the white mage I thought would come out of FF four. But interesting, Porum from FF four is your choice for your final side character, unless you use that flex position for a fourth side character, Kyle. Oh no, yeah, I mean I'm surprised too, but yeah, we're gonna lock that in as uh, my last side character. All right, so Greg, um, you're the person that's gonna fill out your team first in this exercise we're doing. You have two positions left. One side character and one flex character. So, and, and you have back-to-back picks, so you're going yeah. to take care of them both in a row. Uh, what are your decisions going in. to be? Yep, you, you will be locked in in a few minutes. Yeah, uh, I'm going to start with I guess, my side characters. Just, uh, again, there's so many good options, and that's one thing why like, I feel like we haven't had a lot of... Uh, drafting drama I'm, I'm glad we did at least get a few conflicts but yeah, yeah there's just well, so we're, much we're, to choose right, from in the series we're putting I, we're being easy on ourselves because there are only four people in this draft <laughs> and, that's uh, fair yeah if there's and, more uh, of us it would definitely be and uh, yeah in, in my in my final fantasy in my final fantasy excuse me in my fantasy football drafting days like you would be called a wuss if you were if your league was uh eight people or less it's like what do you mean eight people that means everyone gets to pick whoever they want kind of kind of deal so we're we're uh, playing on easy mode with only four people in the draft i wanted this uh podcast to be under two hours so um but but, <laughs> but, you're, but you're basically right we haven't tripped each over each other that much or at least we've kept our grievances private so uh what's your side character going to be greg yeah for party makeup uh i want someone who's going to be able to maintain my airship as i'm adventuring around uh so i think i'm going to go with riku all right uh, that's riku with two k's <laughs> yep and i i just enjoyed it i've always uh, enjoyed her spunky personality uh, how bright she is, both as a, from a character design standpoint and just what she brings to the table, her relationship with the Albed and them as a mechanical genius force. And so it gives me one connection to at least one Sid in one of these uh, worlds. So that also, I think, is a good uh, person to have in your back pocket. And uh, she's got some really great abilities with the whole um, kind of like, she's almost like an alchemist from like FF5 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, she has some really yeah, she, powerful she, skills once you learn to tap yeah, into those. Yeah, she gets uh, her overlimit is mix, which has a lot of powerful uses, and she's like an FF5 chemist or an FF tactics chemist, maybe a little bit. Um, she she's very powerful once, especially if you get good items for mix. Yeah, like Mighty Guard is just great to kick off any battle with, really. All right, but you have a uh, one yeah. last you have one last position, Greg. Uh, that's flex, yeah. which can be. Basically, any Final Fantasy thing or any Square or Square Enix thing. So, uh, what? And, and uh, Peter's the only person that's drafted their flex so far because I'm sure all of us were thinking privately, oh, no one's going to get this person I'm looking at. So, uh, what's your flex uh, position going to be? Pretty much the same, but as I said earlier, yeah. And as you pointed out in your party, mine also is coming up on the same way, having a dearth of uh, magic users as far as. I mean, I have Aerith who does black magic, but I thinking her more on the white mage vein, but she can definitely do both very well. But to go with that more uh, black magic kind of focus, uh, I'm going with Papoy from The Secret of Mana. 
The Sprite Popoy yep. from Secret of Mana. Very That's... interesting. Yeah, again, uh, you know, uh, I like having those plucky characters, I guess, to have it mix it up with my noble stick in the muds up at the front. So uh, Popoy is just a whole lot of fun. Uh, I like, uh, I don't know, I've always liked the magic system in Secret of Mana, so having that in my party, just drawing on the natural elements of the world, just seems really neat. And uh, they can use pretty much any weapon, which is pretty great, too. Yeah, now, Kyle, I do not want to put words in your mouth, but I don't think either of us were had our hearts set on Popoy from Secret of Mana for our flexes. Exactly. <laughs> no, but I will say that is an interesting choice. Uh, I was wondering if anyone was going to pull out a mana character for the flex. I'm thinking of one, and if you know me, <laughs> if you know me, then you probably know exactly which one I'm thinking of. I'm um, feeling... But we'll, we'll wait and but see. yeah, well, I'll, I'll, we'll we'll talk about that person mm-hmm. when uh, when my turn exactly. comes around. But so, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, Luca was a th- consideration, but I, since I went with Riku, uh, Luca was easy to kind of let go of. All right, so Greg, your team is locked in. We're not going to go over every position until the very end of the episode. But thanks for playing, uh, Kyle. Thank uh, you. You still have a flex character to choose, and they can be again any character from any Square or Square Enix game. So, what is your choice? There were a lot of thoughts I had, but, but you, I'm you, going you, to Toaster oh, hold, Dog. The the Toaster Dog from Secret of Evermore. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he was insanely Amazing. powerful. Uh, yeah, especially when you charged up that ability to full and and shot like what like four laser beams or something. Something like that. Yeah, or like like the a little cannon would pop out of the toaster slot and and shoot some energy beams. All right, okay, another flex position that, that I was personally not considering, but yeah, toaster dog is strong as hell. I and wasn't it, sure if you'd allow that. Hey, um, it's playable uh, from a Square game, even though it was developed by the uh, American SquareSoft team and not by the Jap- and not by the Japanese Square proper. It, it was it was their office in like uh, some oh shoot somewhere in Washington State like Seattle or Redmond or Olympia or something, and uh, yeah that uh, it, it, it it like it counts and it is super interesting. I was not considering Toaster Dog, uh, but but I mean uh, you mentioned you were considering several possible candidates. Uh, what else did you think of for the flex character position? I had considered Arngrim from uh, Valkyrie Profile. Uh, I always liked his personality. I thought maybe he'd get along with Jacked. Uh, and I also considered Chocobo from the Chocobo's Dungeon series. Oh, like, oh yeah. Do, do you mean like Alpha the Chocobo or like an older version of the Chocobo? Like Chocobo the Chocobo. Okay, got I it. believe Alpha is kind of based off of that. So. Yeah, and Alpha has a kind of shocking role in one of the raids in Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> All right, so Kyle, your team is also locked in, and we will go over everyone's team at the end. But Peter, it is your turn, and you have one Final Fantasy side character left to draft uh, with basically the entire roster of the entire series available to you, minus 10 characters. Or, or minus, sorry, minus 14 characters. So what is your final choice going to be? Um, I, see, I forgot we had three side characters, so I'm not prepared for this one. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Vincent Valentine. All right, uh, Vincent from I'm, FF7. I'm, this is your first bit of FF7 representation on your list. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I had to get there eventually, but Vincent is just one of those characters where I think there's this YouTuber I follow, Butter Super Butterbuns, who said it best: is that everyone, like everyone in, in high school, went through um, 
uh, a Vincent Valentine phase. Oh, I did. Oh, I did. Mm -hmm. Then you get older and you realize you never really grew out of your Vincent Valentine phase. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a little bit like the uh, Japanese idea of Chuni. Um, like Chuni is a is like an an idea of of cool that is just over the top mm. ridiculousness and maybe some sort of grim darkness. Like I, I uh, oh shoot, well the the Devil May Cry Five producer said he wanted to bring back Chuni with how he designed Nero and Dante and in, in, in Devil May Cry Five, and and I think that like yeah, so I think of Chuni as sort of like an exaggerated middle school boy version of what cool is, and and Vincent is very Chuni, but a very good version of Chuni. Yeah, for sure. Because I've got a figure of him on my shelf, so I'm definitely biased in that in, in, in his favor. <laughs> so, well, it's interesting too, because when you were describing Parasite Eve to me, the mechanics-wise really reminded me of Dirge of Cerberus. I'm not gonna lie. It's With, not. It's Parasite Eve. The original is more like um, 90s survival horror, but with like a mix with the ATB battle system. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, that's different. It was more like the crafting system and the bit of magic and enchanting with your bullets and stuff. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm playing a vagrant story right now uh, for podcast episodes next month. And as I'm playing it, I'm like, man, I wish they made this a little simpler, like Parasite Eve. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it, Parasite Eve has that battle system that that is a little bit sort of targeted and sort of playing with zone and space. But also just not the overwrought mess that Vagrant Story is. But that's a discussion for another podcast. Yeah, but uh, Third Birthday is a lot like Dirge of Cerberus, and that both are not very good. But um, <laughs> womp, womp. shots fired womp. because he uses guns. <laughs> All right, so Peter, your team is also locked in, and uh, now it's my turn to pick my flex character. Now let's see. The uh, mana character I was referring to earlier was Kevin. Yep. So I thought about putting Kevin from uh, Second Incessu 3 here, especially since my team doesn't really have a monk. I also thought of, uh, I don't know, probably four or five Dragon Quest characters to the surprise of nobody. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not really sure how I'm going to go here. Uh, you know, I'm going to combine both of those ideas uh, because I want a monk and I, or a martial artist, and I want a Dragon Quest character. So I'm going to let Extreme Recency Bias take effect and pick Jade from Dragon Quest Eleven. Yes. Jade is awesome. She uh, can fight with claws or staves, is a really cool martial arts lass, and uh, probably my favorite side character in the game. I sort of wish the game did more with her because she has a really cool personality and design and don't give her a lot of dialogue or uh, great moments to work with after the first third of the game. But I used her a lot in my team. She's my favorite or second favorite character in that game. And I think she fits perfectly in my team of uh, oddly, uh, mostly women, oddly. That That was by accident, I guess. But yeah, I'm gonna go with Jade from Final Fantasy... I'm sorry, Jade from Dragon Quest XI, narrowly over Kevin from Seiken Insetsu 3 slash Trials of Mana. So, gentlemen, we've done it. We went through eight rounds of a Final Fantasy fantasy draft. And um, uh, because I have them all neatly in lists here, I'm going to recite everyone's team uh, in draft order. Is that, if that's okay with you guys? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, let me take a sip of this first because my voice is not starting to go, but can, you know, could use some reinforcements. That's fair. Uh, do we do we get to name our teams? <laughs> oh sure, okay. That's interesting. Um, 
Okay, let's let's go for it. Greg, since it's your idea, uh, give <laughs> give us give us your team name right now. Uh, we are the um, we're an adventuring company. We're going out. We're having fun. What are we going to be? Uh, we are going to be the Fighting Moogles. Sure. All right. That's what we are. There okay, we are. I, I have a team name in mind, so I'll give Peter and Kyle some a few more moments to decide. Uh, my team is four women plus Zidane and Oren, and because they would definitely make fun of Zidane for this, I'm going to call this team Oren's Angels. <laughs> oh, no. I like it. All right, uh, uh, Peter or Kyle, do either of you have a team name set? Uh, largely just because, again, I have to be the huge Yu-Gi-Oh stan. I'm going to uh, go with Team Satisfaction, which was the team name from Yu-Gi-Oh 5Ds. <laughs> and also the subject of much ridicule in the Abridged series. All right, Team Satisfaction. Um, we were trying to come up with the gayest band name ever, but Coldplay was already taken. You're like the opposite <laughs> of the Rolling Stones, because you can get some satisfaction. <laughs> so, Kyle, what's your team name going to be? Well kind of thinking the worst babysitters ever because we've got a bunch of kids and teenagers hanging out with jacked oh my you're not wrong at least at least they have a dog to play with yeah true that also makes toast alcoholics so so, so they have uh animal companionship and snack time covered worst babysitters ever all right worst babysitters club (laughs) (laughs) okay so let's uh list the teams uh one by one starting with oren's angels we have zidane from final fantasy 9 oren from final fantasy 10 celeste from final fantasy 6 rydia from final fantasy 4 beatrix from final fantasy 9 a generic equipped with the final fantasy tactics samurai job bahamut from ff10 and jade from dragon quest 11 Next, we have Team Satisfaction, starring Noctis from Final Fantasy XV, Thancred from Final Fantasy XIV, Lulu from Final Fantasy X, Vincent from Final Fantasy VII, Ka- Caius from Final Fantasy XIII II, a generic with the Astrologian job from Final Fantasy XIV, Ifrit from Final Fantasy XV, and Aya Brea from Parasite Eve. Now we have Kyle's team, the worst babysitters ever, featuring Furion from Final Fantasy II. I was, <laughs> I was, I was not predicting a Final Fantasy II character appearing on this list. <laughs> Alize from Final Fantasy XIV, Gao from Final Fantasy VI, Porum from Final Fantasy IV, Jekt from Final Fantasy X, a generic equipped with the Final Fantasy I Black Belt slash Monk slash Master job, uh, Shiva from Final Fantasy XIV, and the dog in his toaster form from Secret of Evermore. Uh, uh, listeners and Peter and Greg, in case you didn't know, the dog in Secret of Evermore transforms depending on what uh, world you're in. And in the future world, it's an awesome, awesome toaster dog. It's pretty delightful. And that's such like, an eclectic list. I yeah. love that list. <laughs> and uh, Greg, your team is the Fightin' Moogles, and they are featuring Ramza Beowulf from Final Fantasy Tactics, Eris from Final Fantasy VII, Sabin from Final Fantasy VI, Riku from Final Fantasy X, Ultros the Purple Octopus from Final Fantasy VI, a generic equipped with a Lancer slash Dragoon job from Final Fantasy Tactics, Adramalek from Final Fantasy XII, and Popoy from Secret of Mana. wow look at these four teams i'd go partying with those four i think they'd all be pretty solid makeups yeah i mean i like that we basically just played record keeper kind of yeah basically this exercise wasn't to uh 
have a serious fantasy draft. I, I just wanted to use the fantasy draft format to have a goofy character discussion across mostly Final Fantasy, but uh, but sort of Square games in general. And uh, man, we, we probably t- touched on every single Final Final Fantasy um, game in the main series. I don't know. Maybe maybe we skipped over three. three. Yeah, maybe we skipped yeah. over three. Uh, we barely touched into five or eight. Um, I thought about draft Colony Eleven. Uh, yeah, I didn't recall any eleven either. Uh, yeah. I, I thought about drafting like Cerberus from FF8 as my summon, but then when I realized I had I uh, that no one went for Bahamut in the first two rounds, I, I jumped on it. Uh, do we? Do yeah, we have, Bolos was on my list too. Do we have any other near misses of the draft, like something that you you thought about seriously but ended up passing on, or someone else got? Because mm. I, I personally, I was looking, I was thinking about a monk for my job, and I was thinking about. Um, uh, Sabin for a side character, but I, I wasn't that oh. clo- I, I wasn't that deeply attached to either of them because again I, I love monk stuff so and I ended up going with Jade instead of the, uh, instead of those. But uh, do we have any uh, other near be a tricks for me? Yeah. Okay, uh, Peter yeah, or Kyle, do you, have, do you have any near misses? Uh, I was tempted to go with Gladio on my team at one point, um, but okay. I felt like I was I didn't want to be too, have too many fifteen people. Yeah, I was uh, I was similar. I didn't want to have too many characters from one game. I ended up doing two FF9 characters. But I, I don't think that's not overdoing it. I'm, I mostly just tr- avoided having, like, three FF6 characters on my list, which which could have happened. <laughs> it does very easily. I was also tempted to put somebody from Octopath um, for my Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Aya was too, uh, too tempting. Um, yeah, that was old Beric. Old Beric was that, so powerhouse by the end of my playthrough. That would have been a cool move. That's right. My uh, My... Oh, my biggest source of damage in that game was probably Cyrus by the end. Oh, Cyrus is great. I love yeah. him. Yeah. I had that consideration back when we were talking about the monk stuff. Uh, I in um, Bravely Default, I had um, oh, why, I'm blanking on her name. The the one that you're essentially tasked with protecting. Um, on yes. Yeah, I made her a very broken monk red mage kind of combo. <laughs> so she would just keep destroying things and then regaining all of her brave back and just basically loop her into a four brave kind of loop of just destroying everything with monk powers. That's fun. It was really game breaking, but really enjoyable uh, to pull off. Like you felt like a mad scientist once you got it. I'm not sure I would have because I mean, Bravely Default is a Final Fantasy game in almost all but name. Because I mean, they even have Black Mage, White Mage, Phoenix Down, all those things. You know, yeah. if if you would if you would press the issue a little bit, I probably would allow a job from Bravely Default or Bravely Second into this. But it ended up not coming to that because uh, you, you drafted Lancer Dragoon pretty early, didn't you? Exactly. Yeah. Again, I wasn't too worried about it going. Like Dancer for Final Fantasy V was my like second choice mm-hmm. in case someone went Lancer Dragon. And even then, it was really hard to pick in the in the moment because I don't know. Dancer's so flamboyant in Five. I love all their costumes. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Right on. So I think we have four very interesting teams here. Uh, most surprising pick overall, I think, probably would go to Toaster Dog. Uh, with apologies to the other two, to you, to Peter and Greg, um, because that is not something I was, I would ever would have predicted make it into this episode. Um, no, I think uh, yeah, I think Kyle wins for like the offbeat choices. Like again, Furion and Poron as well. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing going into this. I just kind of went with – I knew I wanted Jacked, and from there I kind of just went forward with that. Yeah, no, I, in an exercise like this, I would definitely recommend listening to your heart and or gut over your hmm. uh, over your mind or the internet, say. Because, we're again, we're not doing this for a competition. We're not doing this uh, – 
to, to like create the best team or most powerful team. I think we were we wanted to create um, fun or appealing teams to our own sensibilities, and I think all four of us accomplished that. So uh, thank you so much for playing this very silly game with me. Um, I had Every a lot. I had a. I had a oh, lot yeah. of fun, uh, and this uh, fills the hole in my heart that was left when I stopped playing fantasy football. So I uh, I got to at least fantasy draft something in tw- in 2019. <laughs> and we have to figure out how to make this like a regular thing we can somehow do sure, every we, year yeah. or something <laughs> we, <laughs> to we, make it an actual competition. Yeah, we, we can we can do it again next year. We could uh, we could do it for another series or even stick to Final Fantasy and just like make a ninth uh, double flex position or something just to get extra weird. Or we can uh, we can uh, play League of Legends uh, and implement bans or something. We, we can get we can get real weird if we do a second round of this, which I would not object to, but it won't happen anytime soon. But there's uh, so many more staff. Oh yeah, yeah. If we could, we could just do this again, we we've done multiple rounds of the same podcast topic before uh, with new staff. I, I don't object to that idea at all. Listeners, thank you for uh, listening along to our slightly indulgent game that we were playing this time. Uh, <laughs> I had a lot of fun uh, recording this, and I hope the same is true for Peter, Kyle, and Greg. Uh, yep. But uh, let's talk about the future of Retro Encounter a little bit. We are having our second Grandia episode next week. Um, I know that uh, Hillary and Zach were having a lot of fun playing along those games. Uh, Zach even wrote a review for the recent Grandia 1 remake for the website. Um, and I think this is the first time that Hillary's playing the game, so that's uh, pretty exciting to hear her thoughts as well. And uh, in November, we have a couple episodes planned, but the the whole month isn't quite filled out yet. We're going to have two episodes on va- on Vagrant Story, which I am in the early-ish uh, run of playing. That game is confusing and weird and a little hard at the beginning, so I'm uh, the first episode of that will probably be less positive than the second episode, is my prediction. <laughs> but we aren't even close to recording that yet. And we are holding a second quiz show episode, which I am currently writing questions for. <laughs> but uh, uh, I can't, I'm not sure exactly when that's going to be. That'll either be late November or early December. Uh, these questions are going to be fiendish, and I hope that I make my coworkers weep openly. And uh, we, I think we have our December game planned, but I'm not ready to announce that yet exactly. Uh, but also in uh, RPG Fan, you can visit our main website at RPGFan.com. There's also a Discord server, a Twitch channel, a Facebook page, an Instagram page, a Twitter page, uh, two other podcasts, Random Encounter hosted by you, Greg. I do that most of the time. And also Rhythm Encounter hosted by blank. You um, can do it. Oh, sad trombone indeed. Uh, We also have a third podcast that is uh, hosted by Robert Hatfield, Phoenix Edge, and they are a recent uh, member, a recently joined member of the RPG fan family. But they uh, host their website on a YouTube channel, and if you so, if you search for Phoenix Edge, you should be able to find that fine podcast. They mostly focus on current events. So uh, that's a lot of RPG fan details for listeners to check out. So, uh, panel, let's tell the listeners how they can reach us directly, starting with you, Greg. Well, you can find me at Greg Dalmage, uh, most places on the interwebs. Googling Greg Dalmage will net you a lot of uh, ways to track me down. And uh, Greg D at RPGFan.com if you need right. to email me directly. All right. And Peter. As always, you can find me on Twitter at I Have Fury. I'm also uh, Peter T at RPGFan.com if you want to send me an email. Um, with any news and related inquiries and Kyle and you can reach me at Kyle S at RPGfan.com. Uh, if you have any ideas for features, shoot them my way and I'll look into it. All right. And as for me, you can find me on Twitter at the real monsoon. Most of the time at evoker for dogs, other times, 
And also, uh, if you email retro at rpgfan.com, that's the best way to reach the website directly. I am the person that responds to those email messages. So, uh, gentlemen, I think we did it. I think we drafted four weird and fun Final Fantasy teams. And uh, maybe this is maybe this will be just the, the first year of many for our Final Fantasy Fantasy League. Or maybe this will be a one-off. I don't know. Only time will tell. Thank you. Good night. And good luck. <laughs>